Hey, and welcome everyone for this seventh Vendi Expert Talk. Today, we're going to talk with Shirak from Economy. He's a blockchain engineer, and I'm going to pick his brain on everything that is related to simplifying Web3 and how to make it user-friendly and what the interoperability is. We're also going to talk about guest list transactions, but more of that after the introduction. Um, and a short reminder why we're doing this. Um, we want to inspire the next generation or this generation of Web3 builders uh, with great stories and great minds like Shirak today. And this episode is going to be more, I believe, a little bit more technical because we're going to talk about Bikonomy and the mission of Bikonomy, but also Bikonomy's products. So the goal really is there to um, educate you on what Bikonomy can do for you, your project or your future project. And um, yeah, so let's get started. Uh, welcome again, Shirak. You're a blockchain engineer at Bikonomy. So I'll pick your brain on everything Web3 related um, and feel free to explain with a lot of examples from Bikonomy. But let's maybe start introducing yourself. Who are you? What's your background? How did you get started in blockchain? And uh, yeah, how did you get started at Bikonomy? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, so about my background, I come from an engineering background. I did my master's from Indian Institute of Technology and graduated in 2015. And since then, I've been working on the backend side in the fintech space. So I worked for three years in the Web2 space at Citibank, uh, you know, working uh, in the verticals of a global bank like securitized markets and commodities. And uh, towards the end of 2017, so I have about like four years of four to five years of experience in crypto. Uh, and at the end of 2017, I started kind of uh, developing interest in blockchain. Uh, at that time, I had like discussion with my friend about used to explain or discuss double spending problem. And then I, you know, sort of like dwelled into it. Uh, at that time, in the beginning, I was mining and trading as well. Uh, so I had this like small mining rig to mine Ethereum and then uh, I got more interested and started developing, you know, some small applications on top of Ethereum. So at that time, uh, the ENS was just getting started. So it was like very early stage of uh, the domains on top of Ethereum. And uh, then I quit that job and sort of in got involved full time developing on top of Ethereum and uh, public blockchain space, uh, working on, uh, you know, some peer-to-peer -peer use cases, mostly in the lending space. Uh, that continued for about one and a half to two years. Uh, followed by that, I also worked with one centralized exchange to sort of work with other blockchains, uh, you know, mostly on the wallet service components, sort of like handling deposits and withdrawals. And it was like a balance between the Web2 and the Web3 technology. And end of last year, I joined Bikonomy. So that's, uh, you know, journey of me uh, and a brief intro from my end. Awesome. Yeah, what a track record um, in, in blockchain. And um, yeah, I heard that you were early with the ENS. Uh, so I believe that you got maybe a good airdrop from uh, from ENS with the ENS token, or I hope at least that you got a rewarded for being early. Um, <clears throat> can you explain us that, like, before we explain what Bikonomy does, can you explain like how big is a team? And and uh, we were talking earlier in the backstage um, that you were working remotely. H how is that? How is that for you guys? Yeah, so we currently have a team of 20 people and it's a distributed team. So everyone is working remotely with a no office setup. And uh, my role is a blockchain engineer. So 
uh, one of the responsibilities uh, or one of the aspect is working as a platform engineer to uh, you know work for the like on the api and the sdk side so that also involves like some of the web2 stack uh, apart from that it's majorly like you know designing and building the infrastructure so we sort of have this middle layer uh, middleware layer for the relayer infrastructure right uh, apart from that it also involves uh, you know talking to a lot of developers uh, or acting as a developer a relationship manager and supporting the dap integrations who are technically who are you know integrating by economy and uh, some are not like you know limited to uh, but uh, also involves like you know uh, blockchain research helping out like some other processes on the qa and the marketing side so this is how like you know everyone's uh, like daily responsibilities look like and we have like a flat hierarchy so everyone sort of works with like everyone else in different departments awesome and and did i hear it well you're a 20 person team yeah okay that's that's super impressive um especially with the product that you built um and it's i believe it's super similar with uh with us at vanley we're a 20 person team as well or almost 20 i think we're 16 now and uh all remote as well so indeed we we understand the challenges of of working remotely but also the opportunities <clears throat> especially for hiring uh purposes and and finding talent all over the world are you hiring at the moment by company yeah so uh there are several posts we are hiring and we have like couple of people joining us in next few months and uh the like the roles are like on the tech and non tech side so we are hiring for a protocol engineer and uh, also like the on the qa side we are hiring another person for the front end side there's a job for front end engineer and uh, we are also hiring for blockchain engineer and a product manager and on the non tech side uh, there's a social media and content lead jobs and also for the community manager so yeah i mean uh, if you're interested just get in touch uh, linkedin on our website awesome yeah definitely um, do so for people in the audience also wanted to uh, add to people listening today you can ask your questions uh directly to Shirak because we're live um and it's easy to do so you can just reply in comments on the twitter feed or on the linkedin feed on the live uh, or in youtube with your questions and we will see them popping up here and answering them in about 30 minutes when i'm going to be ready asking <laughs> most of my questions um no great shirak can you or maybe let's start with an, a very open question um i believe one of the most difficult questions that i uh, ask our guests is is more on your vision what is web3 for you today and what will web3 web3 be in 5 years from now uh sure so from my view uh you know for the builders i feel like it's a uh, web3 is the most important thing anyone should be working on right now if you are a builder and it is uh currently at a stage where you know internet was like in the late 1990s uh and of you know the 20th century in terms of adoption and is basically this internet that's you know owned by the builders and it's orchestrated with tokens and there is a sort of less predatory relationship with between you know the platforms and the users so it uh, just doesn't run on the advertising model if you have a network and the network effects are also really important and some of the mental models are uh, you know uh, really important to understand and uh, that allows like digestible thinking or, or the patterns to understand which or you know predict the world uh, if we talk about the future so i feel or i believe in five years or decade from now uh, 
the experiences would be like more smooth as the uh, you know current uh, space like how the web 2 works uh, but with also the benefits of web 3 so think of it as you know the internet is a network of networks and we have like we have several networks like within it right like facebook twitter uh so these networks will grow but they will also eventually become the e- economies with like you know the value transfers uh, within the network and the tokens are the you know the primitive uh feature or the uh, of web3 which like you know gives you the sense of ownership and uh also i feel it will uh, you know drive like more adoption and also the benefits for artists or content creators gamers streamers and it will become multi chain as well uh, so the nfts or uh, you know the in game currencies will be interoperable like you can transfer it like to another defi protocol another chain and uh, the tokens are also uh, you know which is a general concept and started playing like more important roles uh, so they are like the new primitives we have with web3 uh, we can build the networks where Uh, there isn't, uh, you know, a cooperation that needs to increase the take rate or like you know shut down access like the way it happens sometimes web two, uh, and the users and developers will be able to you know participate uh, in value creations, even for the governance. Uh, so, yeah, I mean this is my view like for the next five years and many uh you know like there will be community owned protocols uh will like you know regularly start featuring in top 100 to 500 most valuable companies like up compared to the uh, founder led companies that you see in the web2 world great yeah that's awesome to hear for someone that is um active in web3 space for for 5 years now and um yeah very good comparison with a uh, web2 becoming web3 where the network is going to be more network of ownership and 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 digital economies um with tokenization really yeah really interesting and that's i believe why most of us are working in the space today or why people are listening to uh, to this and to get inspired by um by you and your vision can you explain in a few sentences um before we dive deeper into the products that biconomy has but uh, first yeah why biconomy was founded and and what biconomy is Sure. So, Biconomy is plug and play APIs for developers to, you know, simplify transaction experience for their end users. So, it's a multi-chain relayer infrastructure uh, and, uh, you know, purely blockchain agnostic. And it, uh, you know, allows like with the powerful APIs and the SDK. So, we do share like, you know, this vision with Venly as well. Uh, you know, to provide sort of like, you know, toolkit for the developers who are like, you know, coming completely from the Web two space or who are, you know, just getting started with Web three. Uh, how to, you know, improve their journey of development and also for their end users uh, from, like, mainly from the user. point of view so we started you know our focus with the usability side and also lately we are also focusing on the interoperability side of things of uh, web3 like we have you know uh, like several siloed blockchains and users are like interacting with several dapps on like different networks and uh, it basically like works on like you know simplifying these experiences or improving the accessibility of web3 so that's that's our mission and vision cool Okay, and I see that we have indeed some clients in common, um, like Avogadro, for uh, for example. Um, that deep diving more on the 
product side. Recently, Biconomy has released a new product called Hyphen. Can you tell us a bit more about what it is and more importantly, why you've decided to create it um, and add this specific product to, to your services that you already had today? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, so yeah, since day one, uh, you know, the Biconomy was founded, we have been operating in a way to uh, make Web3 frictionless as possible. And the use case of, uh, you know, cross-chain transfer really excited us because if you are an end user, you can move your tokens from one chain to another and, you know, you can pay the gas fees in the token you are porting to another chain. Uh, and when you are on that particular dApp on a different chain, everything is gasless, right? So that's why uh, that goes about like another product which uh, is on the usability side. Uh, so the end-to-end transaction flow is, you know, really what we are sort of focused on and uh, excited about, uh, you know, that is like, and hyphen is the part of our vision in, in that sense. And we asked ourselves, like, how we can build a bridge that is, you know, the fastest or cheaper and is also, you know, secure in the long term. Okay, great. Is it possible that I hear your Slack on the, on the background? I don't know if, if it's yours. Um, yeah, if, if it's possible to mute the, the, the Slack, then uh, it, nobody will get disturbed on the, on the podcast site. Um, following up on, on the hyphen tool, if I understand correctly, it enables funds to transfer between any EVM compatible chain, and which probably sounds very interesting for the developers that are listening. Would they be able to monetize on top of Hyphen, by example, for uh, taking or by taking a fee on every um, transaction? Is that possible? Yeah, yeah. So currently, we are working in a you know semi-centralized fashion with Hyphen. So we manage our own liquidity pool. So the design of uh, it looks like like there's a liquidity pool on each chain, and then there are executor nodes. Uh, so in the version two, we'll be opening up these pools, and you know anyone can become the executor who will be like you know facilitating the users' transfers. Uh, so anyone can you know provide the liquidity or run an executor node to monetize uh, by taking a percentage of the fee that is being paid by the end users who are doing cross-chain transfers okay that's great news and um yeah for the people maybe that's technical we were talking about evm compatible chains um evm stands for ethereum virtual machine um, which are the most popular evm um, compatible chains that you work with yeah yeah so uh even for gasless and iphone we have been currently focusing on evm compatible chains uh but also uh from the point of non-evm chains we are adding uh you know support like you know tezos we have plans to integrate solana and uh this will be like you know as the community requests or the suggest we'll be like adding more support for uh even non-evm chains okay interesting and, and solana is non-evm compatible chain yeah yeah okay didn't know that. Thanks for uh, sharing this. Um, how would you say that the hyphen differs compared to a traditional bridge between uh, two EVM compatible chains or EVM chains? Uh, so hyphen, uh, you know, compared to a traditional bridge, uh, let's say you want to transfer from Ethereum to Polygon, uh, it, it takes a lot of time. Uh, so it's not, uh, you know, even gas efficient and it is, uh, uh, you know, it takes, uh, it is not very fast. So compared to that, hyphen is a fast and gas efficient, and it is also very e- easy to use for developers and the end users. 
So we achieve this by maintaining a liquidity pool on each supported chain to make okay. uh, to you know make the transfers fast and executors uh, you know are responsible and they take the risk of giving the funds to the end users instantly, uh, which is you know further rebalance using a native bridge uh, between the chains. Okay, makes sense. And is there any transfer limitation, a maximum or a minimum? Uh, amount to um, over a certain time and how do you maintain a healthy balance on um, on both sides especially when more chains might be added in the future sure uh, good question so we do have a minimum and maximum limit and based on the response that we are getting from the community we are you know gradually like increasing the maximum transfer limits and so far we have processed over 40 million uh, worth of you know uh, tokens transfer from one chain to another uh, with the hyphen and uh, currently the liquidity is provided by us hence also the rebalancing is also handled by Biconomy so you know the backend scripts are run which you know keeps an eye on all the chains uh, based on like you know the funds required on a a particular pool and when a threshold is reached uh, we sort of like you know rebalance using the traditional or the native bridges okay interesting and um, yeah, maybe for again for the less technical listener, when we talk about gasless transactions, um, is it so? Gasless transaction transaction with Biconomy would be that the user is not paying for the gas fees, but that the project which is requesting a transaction is paying for that gas fee. Um, the biggest is the biggest reason like better UX, or would you see other reasons? for projects to um, to implement something like Biconomy to uh, to offer, let's say, gasless transaction for the users? Yeah, so apart from, uh, you know, like for end users to pay for the gas fees and uh, uh, the UX or, uh, you know, the friction side of it, like when interacting with the wallet, mm-hmm. it is also, uh, you know, it can be treated or uh, seen as a transaction management system. So, you know, the dApps don't have to like become the customer support for, their end users to you know uh, explain what happened with the transactions and uh, you know help with like all of these complexities uh, and yeah uh, it comes under like uh, you know this broader concept of account abstraction uh, so just to start off like if you want to touch base on like gases transactions or how these meta transaction works yeah. uh, so whenever we see you know these blockchain applications we always need to like pay for the gas fees right like on uh, any chain so for any interaction like whenever i'm making any write operation uh, we need to have a bit of eth if you're on ethereum uh, matic if you're on polygon so native token of that chain uh, before you could do any interactions right and it's really interesting because you know if you wanted to uh, bring in the mainstream it's a bit you know cumbersome and not really intuitive if the end user is using USDC and the need to have that bit of ETH or Matic to send that transaction, right? And if we compare this with the Web2 world, for example, uh, you know, Netflix like doesn't charge infrastructure fees every time like you want to do a certain action there. Uh, so all of these like, you know, Web2 kind of experiences need to be brought on Web3. Uh, and this was like, you know, our vision and also the assumptions that, you know, the fees tend to uh, get like uh, lower uh, in the long run uh, for, you know, the mainstream adoption. And that's where like, we'll have like more use cases of these gasless transactions. And 
yeah i mean this whole thing thing really opens up a question of like how could gas as uh, as a concept will evolve uh, right because it's very important part of any blockchain infrastructure causes thus prevail the civil attacks and spams uh so the way gas can evolve we got plenty of ideas but one of which we sort of really focus on is the idea of the end users don't really need to pay for the gas fees so it can be you know subsidized by the dapp developers and it can be seen as the user onboarding cost so uh to explain like uh you know visually from the end users point of view how it will look like is like you just go on a platform uh and it is blockchain ag- agnostic so you don't need to like uh, you know uh change the network uh, if you like go from one dapp on polygon or to another on bsc and uh Uh, as an end user i don't need to like worry about like you know all of these complex uh, dynamics of gas prices i just like sign a message and then the transaction ordering system or the relayer infrastructure that is you know being used by the dapps will take care of everything else like uh, making sure that the transaction goes through so you don't have failed transactions and uh apart from like you know this sponsoring the gas fees it can be expanded on some other use cases for example like uh, if someone wants to do like a perform a launch pad of erc20 tokens so for the idos right or even for the initial nft drops how do you like uh, avoid the gas wars by whitelisting and just taking the user signature so it's just plain cryptography and sort of you know messages being transferred from one place to another and uh, the internal infrastructure takes care of everything else excellent yeah that's really cool to hear um and a lot of current issues that can be solved um that way especially when when you talk about failed transactions as well this is like yeah big to 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 manage today as well a lot of frustration i would say from the everyday users is on high gas fees failed failed transactions and also like i would say mainstream to get mainstream user adoption we need to or explain to the user why they need to pay gas fees but they yeah it's going to be complicated explaining that whole system for non crypto savvy people um so yeah uh, onboarding mainstream users really for this we really need tools like uh, like by economy to uh, to like you said to uh, the cost of the gas fee would be the cost for a user onboarding which is yeah pretty smart right. to put it that way in the, in the in your market or in a business development is it for hyphen does that work the same on on um on gas transactions or gas fees since hyphen would be cross chains is is that is that the same there yeah yeah so uh like there will be you know two uh two interactions like if i'm moving let's say for from ethereum to polygon the user will be you know interacting with like all of these complexities on ethereum so uh like instead of like you know us like sponsoring the gas fees like a lot of dapps uh, it it becomes difficult to sponsor you know the gas on ethereum uh, right but we still tend to uh, you know simplify uh, let's say if the end user doesn't have eth and if i'm let's say transferring usdt tokens and it can be you know expanded to like various use cases so let's say even if you're not talking cross chain uh, if you get if you are a web2 developer and uh, you have done you know work for someone like a web3 client and you get some you know usdt airdrop and you want to move this usdt to somewhere else right but i don't have eth and for ethereum there is this whole process yeah. of going on an exchange and uh, doing the kyc and uh, you know then transferring that ethereum to my wallet 
to only pay for the gas fee so it becomes like a very troublesome experience for an end user uh, so similarly and hyphen like we provide an option for you know user to pay for the gas fees in the token i'm porting to another chain uh, right so for example if i want to transfer 1000 usdt uh, i can might as well pay you know 20 usdt as gas fees like instead of uh, worrying about the gas prices paying in ETH. and on the polygon side we are trans uh, sponsoring like you know all of the gas fees for the end users like when you want to come back to ethereum or from any l2s right wherever the gas fees are yeah. cheap okay interesting and like touching on ethereum now that ethereum is playing with a new all-time highs um how does this impact your services in the long term of pure volume and on the hand and on the one hand <clears throat> on the choice of blockchain you see uh, that new projects are making um, um yeah so do you see a shift uh, of blockchains chosen by the projects and how do you see a solution for ethereum uh, at this point yeah, no, no, great, great question. So, uh, we, uh, like to talk about, you know, the spectrum of DApps uh, who are using us uh, and uh, like in terms of like which chain they are on. Uh, so it is like, you know, I uh, can like talk about some comparison between like DeFi versus NFT and gaming. So earlier it has been like, you know, DeFi, but a lot of the NFT and the gaming uh, DApps are like moving on L2s. Uh, and there have been like, you know, a uh, lot of discussions like recent about the same topic right like as ethereum uh, hitting all-time high uh, and uh, the general thinking is uh, you know like you still uh, you know use l1 for like let's say to interact with the asset pools but submitting the transactions uh, on ethereum to do like some mundane tasks isn't like really viable anymore like you know for example you just want to have a record keeping contract for you know real estate so that that is not like you know really viable on ethereum and by uh you know we consider this and that's why like we built another product which like goes well with gasless so it's not like gasless but it's ethless where you don't really uh you know pay for the gas fees uh, on ethereum so it instead of like you know sponsoring you are allowing uh someone to pay for that gas fees and other tokens uh and that can be uh, other use cases like, uh, you know, I still charge users, uh, you know, end users uh, a gas fee in Ethereum, uh, but I provide them a better experience with a gas tank uh, as a developer, right? And there is still like optimization on the gas fees. Uh, it can be used for uh, fair launches on Ethereum for, you know, the recent, like all the NFT drops, uh, the problems that we are seeing there. Uh, and also like we are thinking of, you know, providing some other services like, you know, MEV protection. So all of this still applies on Ethereum L1 as well. Okay, cool. And um, <clears throat> can you talk us through some of the major customers that you have and uh, or dApps and, and, and their use cases and how they use by economy? Uh, sure, sure. So we have been like uh, benefiting like a lot of dApps, uh, uh, you know, like when a particular dApp scales as they're like making more volumes or usage uh, as it drives like more revenue for their products. Uh, they're more willing to sponsor the gas fees or their end users, right? So that's what we are seeing in the dApps that we are, we are supporting. Uh, they are showing traction and they are showing like quite good adoption. Uh, to talk about like few dApps, uh, start with... Uh, 
we have uh, you know for example zetron uh, it's a really interesting app which has like huge amount of adoption recently so there was sort of early to market and the sort of build systems to enable that easy ux so when there are more users coming on board it just allows them to stick right and we saw about like 3x transaction surge during this nft bull run and if they didn't have gasless they wouldn't have grown as much that's something that they have told us and we have worked with some other protocols like idle finance when they integrated gasless they saw about 40% increase in the deposits in that protocol and now we have decentral games decentral and uh, sandbox on the polygon side uh, new types of application as well like eat sign where uh, for example in web2 world we have like hello sign or docu sign so it's a web3 version of that so we are seeing this really interesting use cases with uh, you know spectrum of dapps uh, which i mentioned and they are on like different network uh, so they showed like you know figures uh, about like each sign you know before by economy and after by economy and as more and more projects are coming online and as more end users actually use this applications without knowing you know there is underlying blockchain underneath it uh, we are going to see more and more of these type of transactions being uh, you know part of our transaction stack yeah awesome yeah and I, i believe that it's it's great for attracting new users onboarding new users but also retaining those new users having a, a good user experience um especially with putting games or within projects with a lot of transactions um so yeah super cool to hear the clients that you work with and uh, the stats that they saw and the growth that they saw with um with with your technology stack what like for the listener for the listeners here that are yeah not yet maybe in web3 but are looking for the next big thing uh, maybe to join in web3 what what opportunities um, do you see for those builders um or what are the killer app and use cases uh, for web3 from your point of view that needs to be like more developed or need more brains and hands uh sure so yeah basically uh i think anyone should like you know be focused on uh, like you know uh, being a skill simplifier and uh, uh you know like really focusing on like the tooling uh which like you know like the reusable components that you, you use like in uh you know in the sense of like uh the open source uh, culture right and uh, apart from this uh, like currently there are like you know a lot of uh, use cases on the nft side or uh, uh, with like the new blockchains and uh, what i really like about uh, you know being like a builder in web3 is like you don't really uh, need to uh, you know rely on a particular job and uh, if you are like really interested at building uh, there are a lot of like minded people and uh, there is less entry uh, you know like less barrier to entry uh, for, and you can easily like you know become like uh, just like build on top of like several interesting use cases and it's a very fast pay, uh, fast paced environment right so you there is always something to learn and uh, you can earn uh, good from like you know being part of the hackathons or uh, uh, you know working for like some grants so that that's really interesting like for a new builder definitely and indeed like you said the space there's like way less um borders to entry you can easily get into communities as out at the bike economy uh, discord uh, server had over 
hundred thousand users. Is, is that correct? And what 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 can what can we expect from um, the Bikeonomy Discord? Is it more a community of builders or is it more um, developer related? Yeah, yeah. So we do have an active community and we engage with uh, different kind of people at different levels. Uh, so someone comes to Discord, we have this ambassador program where people can be part of and, you know, they can like assume several roles. Uh, even like on the non-tech side and these uh you know sort of roles will uh, like grow in sort of like a gamified system where like there is more rewards for you to do uh, you know more work for the community and we love when people engage with us on the twitter threads or ask us the hard questions and you know the challenge like some of the assumptions that we are making uh so yeah definitely like we uh it, it's you know active and it goes like this way with yeah. this levels yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's a good piece of advice uh, for people that um, that want to deep dive into the world of Web3. Please join the the Bikeonomy Discord. But you can also ask your questions here. So I'm repeating for our listeners: if you want to ask your questions directly to Shirak, you can ask them in comments on Twitter, on uh, LinkedIn, but also on YouTube. I still have a few questions, um, but I wanted to first also share again that you can find the venue expert talks on podcasts. So this talk with uh, Shirak is recorded as well. And then we will um, be sharing it on our Spotify podcast, but also Apple podcast and on the Google podcast. And if you want to see who's next on um, uh, the Vanny expert talk, so um, I'm, I'm going to show it quickly here and I will go over it for people that are listening and watching live. You can see it on your screens. Um, so after Shirak in two weeks, we're going to have Sandeep from Polygon, somebody that Shirak probably knows uh, pretty well from working together. And then you can go on a website, you see the expert talks, like all the upcoming talks. We also have John Jordan, um, yeah, blockchain gaming expert that will be joining. Then our, the CEO of Polytrade Finance, um, also the co-founder of One Inch Network will be joining and uh, recently committed as well is Alex from uh, Hedera or HBAR Foundation that will be on the Vending Expert Talks. So people, if you have questions, feel free to uh, to to ask them. And um, yeah, um, as long as we don't get questions from the audience, I will have more time to ask my questions. So um, what is the ultimate goal or ultimate vision of uh, Bioeconomy? So what, what's, what's the big dream of Bioeconomy? Uh, sure. So we do want to keep working on Web3 and uh, uh, it's very, you know, interesting to work with like, you know, new uh, sort of protocols and uh, and to like really like, you know, brainstorm on the use cases or the problems that we should be solving in the usability space or the interoperability space. And we want to make, uh, you know, like it is more and more accessible for uh you know the next billion and then the next for uh, you know different sort of applications and i really like to see some uh, you know more uh, like the payment industry to thrive and some more use cases coming out and uh, you know so the end users uh, benefit it more and also from the like the tool set point of view it uh, you know getting or making it easier for web2 developers and uh, uh, you know, would love to see like more talent in the space and people working as a, uh, you know, community. And we do really have plans to, you know, have uh, progressive decentralization and, uh, 
uh, we are building out this multi-chain relayer protocol, which will, uh, you know, will be like contributed by the community and, uh, uh, you know, work as like an active network uh, to like, you know, serve like these use cases even better in the, uh, in these spaces. Cool. Yeah. So super interesting. I didn't know that you are looking to um, the, the decentralizing uh, or going more decentralized. Does that mean that you will um, be completely decentralized as by economy or, or have like a, a DAO or how do I need to see this and, and when um, you see this happening? Yeah. Uh, so that's something like we have already started and uh, pursuing already. And I would say net next couple of months to a year, we are actively working on what we can uh, call multi-chain relayer protocol. And this protocol comprises of this, you know, traditional use cases that we talked about. So gasless transactions, cross-chain transfers, and even going to the future, allowing for cross-chain communication. Uh, I think that's something underrated and not really, uh, you know, talked about. So having two non-compatible chains, how one could speak to the other, uh, how to facilitate crossing contract calls at a scale for variety of use cases. And uh, yeah, like I mentioned before, like right now, the way we operate is sort of semi-centralized or a hybrid state. And it's really for us, it's all about in the long run, how we can uh, get to a stage where dApps really you know, don't have to rely on any centralized third party for certain things. Uh, so for us, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, we have been thinking quite a lot about like how we can progressively decentralize. And that's very important topic within the team. Okay, well, and that's where your token will uh, have its part as well in, in that ecosystem. Yes. Cool. Okay, we ha we have a first question from uh, from the audience, or we had multiple questions in the beginning of the talk, but I see that all of those questions are already answered uh, in the talk. But um, this question is uh, is coming um, from Surya, and uh, being an engineer, at which point did you decide that you want to focus on the blockchain space, and what would be a good place to start with for future blockchain engineers? I believe that was in two thousand seventeen, right? Yeah, yeah, great question. So, uh, 2017, I uh, was, uh, you know, started working on like some small POCs on top of Ethereum. Uh, but it was really 2018 when I, uh, you know, uh, started with uh, uh, working on, you know, one of the uh, particular ideas of like having a decentralized lending. At that time, uh, I was building out smart contracts for, uh, you know, this use case for like without a third party, how we can like facilitate loans and, uh, you know, to like when we thought of like, you know, expanding it on the liquidity pool side of things. It really excited me uh, to, you know, continue working in this space. And uh, at that time, like uh, the DeFi was just getting started. So uh, Aave back then was Ethland and uh, I was working sort of into similar space. Uh, you know, and that's how like I got started and like got more involved. And uh, to start with, like for uh, you know future blockchain engineers, I would say uh, just start like there are so many resources and you know reusable tools to uh, start your journey to build out with. Just uh, you know, and like after once you have like read enough or gained. Uh, like you know enough understanding uh just dive deep into it like build out some applications follow through some tutorials and uh try participating in you know as many hackathons uh and uh, that would like you know kickstart the uh, journey for a future blockchain engineer 
Cool, great piece of advice. Um, yeah, especially getting your hands dirty and, and, and testing and building and, and, and yeah, making stuff and um, yeah, learning from mistakes, I believe, as well. And uh, stuff that don't work and stuff that work out what better. What other main challenges do you see in um, in working in as a blockchain engineer, except from maybe explaining to your family and friends what, what your work is or what your, the industry is? Um, but what other challenges do you see in creating such a product like Biconomy or with the work that you have today? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, in terms of like, you know, the product, uh, you have to like, you know, start with like certain assumptions uh, in, you know, the early building out stage. And uh, there is no currently, uh, you know, sort of a blueprint for any, you know, crypto uh, use case or a startup, right? uh so we, and i feel like you know we are still experimenting like with various solutions in web3 like uh and also still figuring out like business models as like you want to like start something uh so these are like you know some of the challenges on the product side uh specific to the product that uh you know we have been building uh there have been like you know several uh you know like you need to go through like several design processes there is uh dependency sometimes on like different other middleware or the infrastructure layer and uh even for like a transaction management system there is uh there was like a lot of complexities in terms of uh uh how do you uh you know build out a relayer infra which uh works like uh under like a great load when uh there are like you know like lots of requests per seconds coming in and how do you like you know manage the transaction journey without uh, you know, having more complaints from the end users. Yeah. And, uh, and speaking of requests, I hear that you get a lot of requests on this as well, uh, on the other side. Um, so sorry for people that are listening and, and thinking that their Slack is on fire. It's Shirak, a blockchain engineer that has a, a pretty busy Slack today. Um, last question from, from my side before we can uh, wrap it up and, um, yeah, First of all, big thanks for, for everything that you shared here and uh, letting us pick your brain on everything that is Web2 related, but also diving deeper into the, um, the Biconomy products. Is there or are there interesting grants um, from Biconomy or partners uh, of Biconomy that you know of for, like, again, for that early blockchain developer or that person that has a really good ID um, that is looking for maybe a little extra push, do you know, of any grants that um, come from Biconomy or partners? Yeah, sure. So we are always there as, uh, you know, sponsors in these hackathons like ETH Global, uh, ETH India, or for example, ETH Denver. And apart from that, like we are planning to, you know, roll out like some suggested use cases where uh, you could like work on top of and, uh, you know, even to expand more. So there will be like, you know, more grants in terms of like the native tokens as well. And apart from this, we also do have like, you know, partnerships directly with the networks who are, we are integrating as our chain integrations. For example, uh, Moonbeam, if you are like building something on top of Moonbeam or, or Biconomy, uh, you could reach out to us for, uh, you know, be eligible for like uh, grants. Cool. Okay. Thanks for sharing this as well. There's somebody in the audience that is asking uh, me to repeat the question, but um, yeah, I, I doesn't think it makes sense because we talked about it several times but the question was uh, please tell us how to get started into blockchain technology uh, as a complete programming outsider that will be yeah deep diving into communities and in, uh, into uh, into the discord um joining hackathons um 
and even yeah i don't know uh shirak if people want to contact you directly is it better to do this via the discord channel yeah yeah so discord is open and uh telegram is also open uh by economy you can directly also reach out to me okay perfect yeah and by economy discord channel is easily accessible via the by economy website you just click on the discord icon and then you will um, hop into a pretty busy and really interesting discord server thank you so much shirak this um talk will be recorded or is recorded uh, better said and will be streamed um, um, on the Spotify on our podcast. So I'm sharing it here for people that want to look for the podcast. You just type in Vendy Expert Talks in Spotify or Google uh, Music, Google Podcast uh, or Apple Music. Um, and then you can find all the talks again. So this will be, this is recorded and this will be published somewhere early uh, next week. So we will share this as well. So again, big, big, big thank you to you, Shirak, for uh, sharing all this interesting information. People, if you want to ask more questions, you can go to the Discord of Economy and ask more questions there. Um, any, oh yeah, yeah, before I forget, I always, always forget it. <laughs> and I remember just before the end, um, Shirak, question that um, I always ask the guests, uh-huh. who should we invite if, if you... If you would have like one person that you say, okay, yeah, this is the person to have on stage uh, for a very expert talk, who would that be for you? Mm, let me think. I, I guess someone, uh, you know, from the NFT space uh, to talk more about like, you know, how uh, like the uh, the adoption on that, on that side and uh, what are the challenges and uh, to really like, you know, go through... Uh, the uh, building of an NFT project of non-fungible tokens. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, someone like Jesse from Avagachi um, with a great NFT project or somebody from Zedron, uh, the sandbox we already had, uh, Sebastian. And but thanks, yeah, good, um, good points. So uh, this talk was a little bit more technical. I hope that people liked it. And yeah, like we said, if you have more questions, feel free to reach out to us on uh, the discord next talk would be with sandeep from polygon shirak thank you again and i hope to speak and see each other soon bye-bye thank you so much for having me uh take care thank you everyone for joining